going to share a message today with you, and I'm going to talk today a little bit about worship. I was going to preach this message about four weeks out, but given our circumstances, I thought it'd be best if I just maybe share today with you, and that's this, how do I worship when I don't understand? And so a lot of people ask us different questions. If you were last week, Pastor Peter preached for me last week. Did he do a great job, huh, Pastor Peter? Yeah. I don't even know where he's at right now, but he's probably doing something really important that I don't know about. And so, anyway, he did a fantastic job, and I'm so thankful for him. He helps me so much here at this church, and you don't see him preach a whole lot, but that's because uh, he handles so many things that we have to do at our church that is business-related. I know people don't like to hear that, but a church this size requires a lot of oversight in that area, and so um, I'm so thankful for him that uh, God sent us. And he was a connection from Gateway Church that we found that that uh, through that church, and so, man, it's such a blessing. So, but how do you worship when you don't understand? Um, how do you worship when you don't understand the why? How about that? Like, you know, you hear people say, why is this happening to me? Like, why, God, why? Why me? You know, why did I get the layoff? Why did I not get the promotion? Why did I not get the raise? Why did my house flood? You know, that's, that, that's I started to come out and say, hello, my name is Pastor Noah. It's good to meet you. You know, so, Try to say that to you, and you know, but one of my kids asked me, God, why did our house flood? No, it's the second time in three years, second time in three years, and it's a bit frustrating, seeing as how I grew up around that house, it only happened like once, maybe in the course of my life, I can remember maybe maybe a little, but just, it's just not, it two, twi- twice in three years, it's kind of odd, you know, I'd say. My kids might say, why, 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 dad, why, why did our house flood? And I said, well, baby, it's built, the word is built, it's in a floodplain, and uh, so there's you know, waterways, whatever, and uh, it's definitely a lot worse than it used to be. Something's definitely changed. I don't know if you've been by Berry College when you saw all this water, right? That I've lived here all my life, and I've never seen that much water up in front of Berry College. It's definitely something's, I don't know what it is, maybe, I don't know what, but anyway, it's definitely different a little bit, I think, but um, so my kids are asking me, why? You know, why, why? And I said, well, I was building a flood. Like, yeah, but Dad, people are praying for us. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's when, you faith, that's when your stuff gets ruled. You know, when your kids are asking you questions like that, it's easy to talk about how good God is when everything's going great. You know, it's, it's oh, God's good all the time. That's great when all your bills are paid, when your house is dry. That's easy to say when nothing's going wrong. Your car runs great. Your kids are behaving. Nobody's in trouble, man. You're happy in your marriage. The dog's fine. The cat's gone. It's all great. You know what I'm saying? Everything's a good day. But when stuff doesn't go your way, it makes it difficult to say that God is good, doesn't it? I mean, let's just be real. If we're going to be, I mean, pretend like you're not in church today, okay? It's, it makes it hard to say God is good when stuff's not going good in your life. Isn't that true? So I told my kids a story. I could explain the why in this one. We're building a floodplain. That's the baby girl. I said, here's the deal. Old man beside this property years ago who owned it, when I say, old man, he's going to be with Jesus now. He come out there when the guys were doing the site plan. And the story, you know, he told us, and this is years ago, man. When I was a kid, I heard this story. He comes out there in his bibs. You know what bibs are? That's overalls, right? He comes out in his bib overalls, liberties. That's what he had, man. He's an old school farmer. He come out there walking up, tells some guys, says, boys. That's his favorite. He's always lived with boys. Boys, y'all to move that house up on a hill. They hadn't laid a block yet. <laughs> site work's going on. Obviously, they didn't listen. Because they built the house right there. Ignored the wisdom of an old farmer. Probably looked like he didn't know what he was doing. But guess who owned the land before them? He knew stuff they didn't know. And so I told my kids this story. They didn't listen. So therefore, this house was built here. And therefore, that is what happens. When you don't listen to the wisdom 
of people around you. I can explain that one pretty easy. I get a phone call from a friend on Sunday after our house flooded. They called me up, one of my good friends. She called me up, and she's on speakerphone with her husband, and they're driving back from church. They say, hey, Pastor Jody, thank you so much for introducing us to church. You know, loving this church. They moved to a different state, and they're talking and stuff. I say, how's your house? How's things? How? I said, well, you know, and I'm about to go to Dallas. I mean, I had this trip scheduled. I couldn't do anything. Water was up in the house. Can't do anything. I was going to have it demoed. We couldn't demo it because still in the, I mean, what can you do? You can't even get a dumpster around it. It's just, it was a mess. So I thought, I'm not going to sit around here and just, you know, I'm do what I already had planned to do. I'm not going to miss what God had for me, you know, just because there's some water in the house. And so I'm talking to her, and I'm, I'm sharing some of my, my pain a little bit, my frustration a little bit. And, and her husband's like, well, I hate that, Jody, man. Can I said, and I said, hold on, wait a minute. How are you guys doing? They said, oh, we're doing good. I said, no, no, really, how are you doing? And see, my friend who just got diagnosed last year with breast cancer and just went undergone massive surgery, major surgery, only to be told they couldn't get it all. And yet she's telling me on the phone, I don't understand why, Pastor Jody, this is what she says, but I trust God in the process. All of a sudden, I got to be honest with you, all of a sudden the water in my house really didn't mean a whole lot. Isn't it funny how you think that your stuff really is a big deal until you find somebody else who's going through something you can't really explain? It's easy to explain why my house got flooded. I can tell you the ins and outs and the whys, and here's the logic. But I can't tell you why somebody who loves Jesus, who's a worshiper, whose husband is a worshiper, who they love Jesus, only to be diagnosed at a very young age, might, with a diagnosis you can't fix. Who was told, it's going to get everything, we'll get it all, we'll get it all. And then only to come out of surgery and say, we couldn't get it all. Now you got to do radiation. But the good news is that through the radiation, we will eliminate all of it. It's, a, it's fantastic. But that's not what she wanted to hear. You can't explain that, can you? And all of a sudden, you know, it's funny how, like I said, my house just didn't mean as much. It's funny how when things like that happen, people, it's, they... They begin, to sh- they begin to rise up to the top, and you see that people matter a whole lot more than stuff. Like my friends, I told them this. I said, you know what? You guys mean more to us than a house. You just do. There's some of you in this room that I know I love you dearly. I know you've been given diagnosed stuff that, that's unexplainable. I get it. And, and my heart, you mean more to me than my house does. It's just brick and mortar. It's brick and like, cement and wood and like it's it's the same stuff that came out of the earth it's just a house it doesn't matter as much as people do i'd much rather have my friend healed than my household do you understand what i'm saying so let me ask you a question this morning if we were honest and let's just be honest this morning pretend like you're not at church okay let's just be let's just this is be honest okay don't be too Christianese, you know what I mean? Like, act like you're too Christian. Just, just act like you no, normally think. Right now, everybody's being holy, you know. Let's, let's be real. But if I was to be honest with you, well, we had big plans this year. We were going to plant flowers and landscape and a fence that my wife's wanted for a long time. Like normal people stuff on the weekend. You know what I'm saying? You get out there and you plant. Normal people do. They plant flowers. They cut the grass. Normal stuff. We 
just painted the inside. Do you understand what I'm saying? We just, just finished. She decorated some stuff. Just wait, and we, we're looking at it going, like all of our plans just changed. Like all of them. And so it's heartbreaking a little bit. I'm going to be honest with you. But let me ask you, this is what I thought about. Let me ask you a question. I'll put a blank in this for you. But here's the blank for you. Blank isn't as important as the people we love. What might have your attention right now that's really not as important as what it, probably the person around you. Is there something that has your attention right now? Maybe it's a job, maybe it's something around you, maybe it's an issue that you're dealing with or some frustration that you have. We all have them in life. But is there something around you that has your attention so strongly that you've forgotten there's people sitting right next to you right now that may have a diagnosis that is terminal, but our attention is on something that's non-eternal? Do you understand what I'm saying? Is there someone around you maybe that could use the compassion and the energy that you're giving to that thing that really doesn't matter that much? And maybe God's saying today, hey, maybe we could divert our attention off of some of the things that's not so important to some of the things that really are, which is people. So let me give you a little backdrop on this. If you don't know us very much, the first time this happened, it put me in a bad spot. I got to be honest with you. Be honest with you. We had a string of events that took place. I mean, at the end of 2013, I had a very good friend of mine who just left the church. Well, and people leave the church. That's common. They come and go. It's it's a normal thing. We bless a lot of people. They go to different churches, different styles. We're cool with that. I'm friends with almost every pastor in the city for the most part. And we let people transition. They go. We're grateful for that. We want people in church. I don't want to get mad if people leave one church and go to another. I'm glad they stay in the church. You know, it frustrates me when people leave and they don't go to a church. That's heartbreaking. But this was a close friend, someone I loved dearly, and it hurt. It just hurt. While I was dealing with that, the next month, my mom-in-law gets diagnosed with cancer. So we're, we're dealing with, and you may think, well, it's just a friend. It's different. It's different when it's someone that's so close that it's like, it's, like, it's not a divorce, but it's, it's, it's painful. It's hurtful. It, it hurts. The next month after my mother-in-law, who is like a mom to me, she, Haley's mom, she gets cancer. So now we're dealing with that. Then on top of that, we go through that whole process for the next year. She's better now. Thank God. Thank Jesus for that. Yeah, amen for that. And so we get, but we get, we get through that. We just come out of that, and everything's looking great towards the end of the year. The, the, the treatment, all that kind of stuff, all this stuff, we're coming out, all this stuff, we go on a vacation, we come back towards the end of the year, you know, we've had a new baby, you know, and all that kind of stuff, and all of a sudden, surprise, we got a new baby, and then our house floods. Like, she's not even, you know, man, she was like a little bitty thing, you know, still in the, in the crib and stuff. It was, so we uproot and get out of our house, during the whole process, we're trying to build a church, <laughs> Like it almost, you know what I'm saying? And that got to me last time. You know why? Because there were so many things going on at once, and I didn't know how to process problems, grief, issues, loss. And now I do. And so I decided I already made the decision. This one's not. I'm not. This does not take precedent over my life. It's not going to. It's just a house. It's brick and mortar. A little paint. A little whatever. Now, my in-laws might think different. They may be like, yo, let's speed up the process. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> let's don't make it last six months like last time. But either way, let me just tell you something. I can assure you of this. That house meant 
not near as much as seeing my mom-in-law healed. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm sharing some of this stuff just to give you a backdrop. I've been to different nations before, and I've watched, and I think about our house. It's the first floor. It's the it's our living area. You know what I'm saying? We have It's like a three-level thing. So the, It's the first floor. So, But we can't go there because of the, the, I mean, if you've ever seen this water, it's nasty. Don't get in it, okay? It's nasty. It's filled with, like, I hate to say it, but sewage and all that kind of stuff. If you've been walking around in it, bad idea. You can get really sick from that. Um, but it's gross. It has to be cleaned out. You can't stay there because of the smell, and it's just you can't breathe that stuff in, okay? But I've been to other nations where I've watched kids in Colombia outside of Cartagena. It's supposed to be a beachfront, like a Panama City beach. It's beautiful on the beach. You get on the backside of Cartagena, Colombia. I've seen kids that play in the sewage for fun because there is nothing else for them. We've been to Jamaica. Haley and I have been to Jamaica where we, on the outside, Montego Bay looks amazing. You go to Dunn's River Falls. It's awesome. You know, everything's out of here, man. You mean, you know, you get some Jamaica jerk chicken and it's, everything's great. Until you get on the backside of that mountain. And you find out how people are living over there who have no money, no income, and kids have no shoes. Kids have no houses, no running water. I lost a water heater. I can get a new one. They don't even have running water. We were leaving out of Jamaica, and this is no... You may think, well, how, why would someone do this? But listen, a beautiful little baby. This little baby, I don't know, was she less than a year? A little bitty baby. This thing, so, she's so tiny. She comes up to Haley, who we didn't have kids at the time. We weren't married at the time. We were on a missions trip. And, and she comes up to Haley, gives her the baby. While we're getting ready to leave, we're at the, the customs area trying to get out of the, the, the nation after we leave. She gives her the baby and says, please take my baby with you to the States. Le- leaves it in her And Haley probably, I mean, if, if, could have figured it out, probably would have taken the baby with us. You know, it's just a problem with the whole customs and immigration thing, you know. But she's having to get her back. That she's the whole flight back, can you imagine that a mom is thinking the country that you say is thinks so great on the backside is really not so great at all. So much loves her kids, ready to give her child so that why? So you have a better life. I say, I've been to Sudan, South Sudan, where I've seen the death toll and kids who can't even eat. That stuff you see on TV where the stomachs are expanded and all that kind of stuff, and you think, well, is it real? Is it not real? I'm telling you, man, that stuff is real. It is so real. It is heartbreaking. I've seen that, and then I look back at what we've lost, and I think we've lost nothing. Nothing. My perspective is totally different this time around, and here's why. Because I can process better now loss than I could before. Only because of trial and experience. So, the way I look at it is this. My babies still have food and clothing. They have shelter. Paul basically says this. If you have that, you ought to be content. It may not be my house, but, you know, we're chilling right now. Just saying, we're chilling. There's a TV in a bedroom. Just saying. I mean, you know, it, it's, it, we'll work it out. So, let me give you a couple of things that I use, okay? These are very simple, but they're basically four little things. And they're not little, but if you're struggling with the why, why is this happening to me? Hey, let me give you a couple of things that I use. Listen, this cost me a lot of money to figure this out, okay? You're getting this for free. I'm not kidding you, man. I I took a plane ticket and a week out in California and spent with a room full of people to help me process my grief and loss and everything else in life that I was struggling with because I didn't know how to do it. So you get, you don't, this doesn't cost you anything, okay? But this will help you. 
All right. So you don't know why. Here's what I do now. Here's how I worship, if you will, when I don't understand, okay? First thing is this, number one. I encourage someone that has a greater tribe. There's nothing, there is nothing like um, seeing someone else with a greater heartbreak than you that will shift your perspective. Your brain will occupy the amount of energy you give it in the area of loss until you see someone else with a greater loss. When you do that, it'll lift you up. And it will lift them up as well. Listen to what Paul says. Verse Thessalonians 5.11, he says, Encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are also doing. If you don't understand why you're going through something right now, I challenge you today. Encourage somebody else who's going through a greater trial. Find someone else who's got it. Whatever your issue is, find someone with a greater issue and say, Well, what can, how can I help you? Could I do something for you? you know, could, I, could I just build you up in any way? Here's one that's hard. But I pray for those who don't like me. When I don't know why stuff's going on, you know, this is one of those Jesus commands. I think Pastor Steve said that a couple of weeks ago. I was watching and he said, it's kind of what Jesus commanded us to do. Pray for those who persecute you, despitefully use you, right? Speak all manner of evil things against you. Pray for those people. That's hard to do. But when you pray for people who don't like you, you know what happens? You forget about your issue. And you look at that person and say, why? God, I pray that they would come to Christ. My friend, I'm still, I still don't have a relationship with my friend. 2013, I still haven't had a chance to really speak with them again. And it breaks my heart. I would rather have that relationship restored than my house. Do you understand that? That, that means more to me than my house does right now. So I pray for people who don't like me. And unfortunately, you know, you're like me. I'm sure you got a few. You may think you don't. If you're in the room right now, you think, well, no, I'm cool. No, everybody loves me. I promise you, more people hate you than you think. You're probably the one they really don't like. Just think about it. Luke 6, 27, he says, woe to you who are willing to listen, or but to you who are willing to listen. Listen to what he says. I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Holy smokes. That means go buy them a cup of coffee. Send them something in the mail. I dare you. I mean, it's just, it'll, it'll flip your brain out. It, it'll open up opportunities for you. Third thing is this. I seek joy and wisdom. I seek joy and wisdom. This one sounds crazy, but it works. Seek joy and wisdom. I question my motives, my heart, and my walk, but I seek joy and wisdom. Listen to what James says. Dear brothers and sisters, when, you tr- when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. I know it sounds like Paul might have been drinking a little too much of the wine back in Israel. I don't know what he was doing when he wrote this. But I'm telling you, or James rather, but, but he said, consider it all joy. That means it's not joyful. If you have to consider it or you have to, you have to transition to joy, that means you're not in a joyful state. Like I'm not going home like, woohoo, our house is flooded. I want to give you high fives. Yeah, man, I'm like, whoa, whoa, this is awesome. I'm not doing that. But I'm going to consider it joy anyway. You know why? Because if I don't, it'll put you in a downward spiral. Why did this happen to me? I don't know why, but I'm going to consider it all joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to watch this develop or grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And then he says this, watch this, if you can't consider it all joy, 
He says, if it's hard for you, watch this. Then he says, and if you need wisdom, ask God, and he'll give it to you. He won't rebuke you for asking. So in other words, if you're having a hard time considering all joy, then go to God and ask for what? Wisdom. I don't understand why this is happening to me. I don't either. Well, I can't be joyful about it because it stinks. Okay. Then let's go ask God for some wisdom on how. God, I don't understand. He may not give you the answer. Let me tell you what, why that spoke to me so much, my friend told me, I trust God in the process. Because before the house ever even flooded, in my heart, I, just, I, I don't know how to explain this to you, especially if you're, if you're here and you say, well, man, I just don't know how God speaks and those kinds of things. All I can tell you is God does speak. In my heart, I knew. I just knew. Get this stuff off, off the ground. I, I knew in my heart, don't wait. And I was standing out in my barn. I just, we had just finished, like when I say we just, we just finished everything in our house. I was standing out there looking out going, I can't, I can't move anything. I can't even get in. It's so wet. I can't move anything. This is all going to be under, I, I, all I could do is lift my tools up out of the floor and all this things. And, and I was just sitting there and I was going, God, you know, this is nuts. And this is what I heard in my heart. Just trust me. Now that may not do a lot for you. But it's funny how when that was given to me and then my friend tells me on the phone, I just trust God in the process. Sometimes that's all you can do. So why not have a little joy in the meantime? Do you know it takes just as much energy to have joy as it does have? Actually, it takes more energy to have sadness than it does to be excited and happy. That's why goofy, stupid jokes makes you laugh at church. Because it's easy to make you laugh. It takes a lot more energy to go, just goofy, you know. It's like whatever gives you that stuff, you know, those, those kind of wrinkles. These are from people that have wrinkles here. It's because they smile a lot. Nothing wrong with it. It's good for you, you know. Count it all joy. Seek wisdom. Here's the last thing I do. <clears throat> I pray for peace. <clears throat> so Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He's done. God, I need to get my house fixed, but I thank you. My friend is going to be okay. I thank you that my mom-in-law is better. I thank you for three healthy babies. I thank you for a healthy wife. I thank you. You see what I'm saying? It's easy to focus on the one thing not going your way, but I bet you you've got five or six that's going really well. It's going really well for you. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for what He's done. Verse 7, He says, Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. If you can't understand, what do you need right now? Peace, right? His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So I'll leave what I can't do with God. I do what I can, but I'll leave what I can't do with the Lord, and I trust Him. I, I, I pray. And I thank God, and I say, Lord, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm pray about everything. I'm going to thank you for what you have done. Here's what I need, but I'm going to thank you for what you've already done, you know. Thank you, Lord, for all these different things. Colossians 3.15 says this. He says, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. That means you have to let it rule. It's easy to allow the circumstances to overwhelm you. We have to permit this peace to rule. What are you going to do, Pastor Jody? I don't know. I really don't know right now. I don't know. We, this is a totally different deal. I mean, we've got to deal with some other things differently this time than last time. All because of the FEMA thing, you know, it's, it's very complicated. So, you know what? 
hey, whatever. I can't figure that out. So what I can figure out is, you know what? I can pray for people. I can love on people. And I can help people in the meantime. I can love my kids. I can still have fun with my kids. They ask for their bikes. You know what? All they ask for is their bikes. So I threw them on the back of the truck, brought them to Ronnie's house, you know. <laughs> Just piled more stuff in his house, you know what? It's cool. My little one, you know what? The little one, she could care less about what was happening at that house. She jumps on her little tricycle. I make sure no traffic's in the road. She just, whoosh, down the side, you know, down the driveway. Daddy, look at me. She has no idea about what's going on in that house and does not care. She doesn't care, mainly because she's four. The older ones are kind of wondering what's up, what's going on, but they just want their bikes. They honestly, they're nowhere near as concerned about it as I am. So what do I need to do? Jesus told us to do something like this. I'll wrap up with this thought. Jesus said something like this. He says, hey, when you have faith, when you believe, when you trust me, do it like what? Come on, everybody, say it here like a, come on, one more time, like you know the answer, like a, like a child. Why would he say that? Because children don't preoccupy their lives with the things that we do. They actually enjoy life. I don't know if you get around a kid. You, you think they have to have games all the time, like on their phones or TVs and all that. They really don't. If you stick a kid by themselves in the woods, put another kid with them and another kid with them, they will figure out how to have fun. Their clothes may be ruined when they get home, but they will have fun. Boys, they may play war or something. They throw pine cones. They go, bop. Oh, dude, I can't see. You kill me, man. Like, oh, man, you're okay? Yeah, I'm bleeding. Is it okay? Stop. Okay, let's go. Wow. And they just get back after it. I don't know. I don't know what girls do. They build forts. I don't know. Maybe they have war too. I don't know what they do, but I just know kids. Kids can be creative and have fun even when they have nothing. So why can't we have faith like a child? Because we allow things to occupy our minds, and it stresses us out. Instead of enjoying life and having fun like we really should. And so I can't do anything about rising water. can't. Not a thing I can do about it. People ask, well, okay, can you build this? You can't. Believe me, I've thought about, tried, called. It's complicated. I can spare you the details. It's complicated. Let me just tell you this. FEMA is involved, and so therefore it's government, and therefore it makes it difficult. Okay, just that explains enough, right? Okay. So, can't do anything about rising water. Let me tell you what I can rise. I can rise up worship. I didn't know they were going to sing these songs. I don't even know, I don't even know what these songs are. Raise a hallelujah. I thought, that is so cool. Because I can't do anything about rising water, but you know what I can raise? I can raise up a hallelujah. Now, I can do both hands with that, baby. I can raise up some hallelujah. I can't do it. I can't, I can't fix anything else that's rising, but I can rise up that. So here's my challenge with you today. What can you rise up in your area of worship over the circumstances around you right now? So you get another chance here in just a moment. So why don't you close your eyes and bow your head. Lord, I just want to come to you today and thank you for... <clears throat> For first of all, for salvation, for saving us, Lord, and giving us the grace that you do so strongly and so greatly. God, that you extend to each one of us in this room. And that, Lord, that you love so much that you gave your only son something that I personally and every other parent in this room would be unwilling to do. But God, you loved us so much, you sacrificed that which you love the most and gave us 
a way of salvation through your only son. So I'm praying today, Lord, for every person here. I don't know what kind of trials they may face, but God, I pray right now for those that are faced with trials. Lord, for those in this room right now that are faced with diagnosis that, God, are, whether they're terminal or they're not favorable or they are complicated, whatever they might be, in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray that we could rise above that and worship you today. And that, Lord, we trust you in this. And I'm praying, Lord, for healing for the things that the doctors say can't be healed today. Dear Jesus, I ask you, Lord, by the power of your word, by the power of your might, would you heal people's lives today? Things that they've said that can't be done in Jesus' name. God, we've seen you do things before in our own city and around people throughout the church, throughout other churches. I have seen it with my own eyes, God. I know you can do things. And so, God, we ask you to heal things that they say can't be healed today in Jesus' name. God, that you would restore what they say can't be restored today in Jesus' name. God, maybe there's some people here with a broken relationship like what I talked about with my friend. You've got to lift them up to you today, their family. God, I pray you bless them, Lord. And I pray that you'd restore, God. And I pray for those that are here that maybe their heart breaks for a family member, or a person, a friendship, that they see no way possible for it to be restored. In Jesus' name, I pray, God, that you would do a work in that relationship and restore. If you can't restore it all the way, if the person won't listen, I pray that there would be healing. And God, that that person in this room right now could walk out this door today healed of the pain and released from the hurt. In the name of Jesus. God, I pray for every financial difficulty. Lord, if it's taking over their minds, in Jesus' name, I pray, God, help us, Lord, to make the right decisions, the things that we can do. I pray that you'd help us see what we need to do on our side. And God, I pray for supernatural provision on your side. I ask you to do things that only you can do, and I ask you to help us do the things that only we can do. But God, I pray in Jesus' name that we would rise today above that. That we'd lift our eyes up above the things around us and we would worship you today. Even when we don't understand, even when we don't have answers, God, we worship you and we thank you, Lord, that you are still good. You are good, Lord. Above every circumstance, above every trial, above everything that we see, God, you are greater than them all. And we thank you for it, God. And I pray today if there's anybody here that doesn't know you, they have never experienced faith in your name. I pray right now that they would yield their hearts to you. So with your eyes closed and no one's